9 and verse 18 to 27. And it says, And it came to pass, as he was alone praying, his disciples were with him, and he asked them, saying, Whom say the people that I am? They answering said, John the Baptist, but some say Elias, and others say one of the old prophets is risen again. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Peter answering said, The Christ of God. And he straightly charged them and commanded them to tell no man that thing, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be slain and be raised the third day. And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself, or be cast away? For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed, when he shall come in his own glory and his Father's and of the holy angels. But I tell you of a truth, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the kingdom of God. We'll just end at verse 27. The, the verse we want us to consider tonight is verse 23. And he said unto them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The world behind me. The cross before me. No turning back. No turning back. Though no one join me, still I will follow. No turning back. No turning back. I'm sure many of us in the meeting tonight have heard of this well-known hymn. I'm sure we have sang it many times in Market Hill before. But do we really know what it means to be a true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? Do we really know what it means to follow in the footsteps of Jesus wherever they may go? We, we must realize that being saved by the Lord Jesus and being a follower of the Lord Jesus are two inseparable things. They are two things that are in one package. Of course, you can never follow the Lord unless you are saved in the first place. But I think that we can tend to forget that the person who is saved by the Lord Jesus will automatically follow the Lord Jesus. It's not a question of whether or not that individual will follow the Lord they will automatically follow him. If someone makes a profession of faith in Christ, but lives most their life without following the Lord, I think it's fairly, we can come to the conclusion that that person was never saved in the first place. In the 21st century, the church of Jesus Christ does not need more people who simply make a profession of faith in Christ and go no further 
What the church of Jesus Christ needs is followers of Christ and followers of Christ who are counting the cost of following him. Whenever someone is genuinely saved, genuinely born again, has genuinely experienced the new birth, they are, they are automatically become a follower of the Lord Jesus. They are automatically following in the footsteps of the Lord Jesus wherever they may go. And if we look at verse 23 tonight of, our t of Luke chapter 9, it says, If any man will come after me, if any man will follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. This issue is a challenge for us to truly follow the Lord. In its context, it really was a challenge to unbelievers to count the cost of becoming a Christian. But tonight in Market Hill, it issues a challenge to us to truly follow the Lord. As we come into Luke chapter 9, we realize that Luke chapter 9 is all about the kingdom of God being preached as well as the kingdom of God being displayed. In the first 10 verses, the apostles are sent forth to preach as well as to heal. And from verse 11 to verse 17, we have the feeding of the 5,000. From the verses that we read tonight, we have the kingdom and the cross. And some of the verses after, uh, the, the verses that we read tonight are all about Christ's transfiguration. But from the verses tonight, if you look at verse 18, it says, And it came to pass, as he was alone praying, his disciples were with him, and he asked them, saying, Whom say the people that I am? So the Lord Jesus asked the people, who, he asked his disciples, who do people think that I am? And in, in verse 19, we realize that people didn't really know who the Lord Jesus was. In verse 19, they answering said, John the Baptist, but some say Elias, and others say one of the old prophets has risen again. That's what they didn't really know who he was. And because people didn't really know who Jesus Christ was, it meant that they didn't follow him. Or if they did actually physically follow him, they followed him for completely the wrong reasons. Some people, like I said, thought he was John the Baptist or Elijah or some of the prophets. But the Lord Jesus then turns to his disciples in verse 20 and he says, But whom say ye that I am? All the people were getting, uh, didn't really know who the Lord Jesus was. But Peter knew. Peter had it right because Peter said, answering said, the Christ of God. Peter realized that the Lord Jesus was the anointed one. He was the promised Messiah. He was the one that was promised just after the fall in Genesis. And as we read through the rest of these verses, we realize that the Lord Jesus reveals the true nature of his mission. If you look at verse 22, it says, The Son of Man must suffer many things, and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be slain and be raised the third day. As we then we move into verse 23, and verse 23 calls everyone who wants to follow after the Lord to do as he will do. 
The Lord Jesus wants people to follow in his footsteps. In verse 23, we, we have a challenge to truly follow the Lord. And that's why I have given the title of my, of my message tonight is being a true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I just want to divide uh, this message into three points as it's laid out in verse 23. The first point is denying ourselves. The second point is bearing our spiritual cross. And the third point is following Christ. Tonight in Market Hill, if we as believers really want to follow after the Lord, if we really want to be close to him, if we want to be counted as a follower of Christ, we must know who Christ is. We must know that he is the promised Messiah, that he is the promised Savior. We must know this promised Savior personally, but we must obey these three things. We must deny ourselves, we must bear our spiritual cross, and we must follow Christ. So the first point tonight, denying, denying ourselves. We aren't left to choose our own path. The Lord Jesus marks out our path. So often we want to know what God's will is for our lives and very specific things. But God has set aside a path for us to walk on. And the first path in following Christ is a path of self-denial. But what does it mean to deny ourselves? Before I, I studied this, I really didn't know exactly what it meant. But I think the best way to explain it is to go to Luke chapter 22. If you come with me to Luke chapter 22, I want us to consider how Peter denied the Lord. And as we think how, of, of Peter denying the Lord, then we can understand what it means for us to deny ourselves. Luke chapter 22 and verse 54, and we'll read down to verse 62. Then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house and Peter Peter followed after him or, or followed afar off and when he had they had kindled the fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together Peter sat down among them but a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said this man was also with him and he denied him. Notice in, in verse 57, it says, And he denied him, that's denied the Lord Jesus, saying, Woman, I know him not. And after a little while, another saw him and said, Thou art also of him. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour, after another confidently affirmed, saying, Of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately when he was, when, while he yet spake, the cock crew. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. That's a, a pretty familiar uh, passage uh, of God's word but if you think about what did it mean for Peter to deny the Lord if you look at verse 56 
the, the woman says, this man was also with him. And then, then Peter says, and he denied him saying, woman, I know him not. What was Peter doing? Peter denied that he was a man that was with the Lord. He denied that he even knew the Lord. And if you look at verse 58, he, he asks, the, the, a man says to him, thou art also of them. He also denies that he was one of Jesus' disciples. Peter refused to, to own Christ in any way. Peter refused to identify with Christ when he was put to the test. It's very clear to see that Peter did not put the Lord at the center of his life because he basically was saying no to Christ. He was saying, I do not identify with Christ at all. And as we consider this, it can help us to understand what it means for us to deny ourselves. Because what we need to do is we must do the opposite of what Peter did. Peter said no to the Lord. We must say yes to the Lord. For us to deny ourselves means that we say no to self and we say yes to God. We must say that we don't want anything to do with self. We don't want anything to do with our selfish interest, with carnal hopes and carnal affections. But we're saying yes to the will of God. Peter made it clear in his denial that Christ was not at the center of his life. But what we must do is refuse to identify with us and identify with Christ and put him at the very center of all our words, of all our deeds, of all, of all our thoughts. Christ must be at the center. Our will has to go out and Christ's will is in. We must realize tonight in Market Hill that self is a hindrance to following the Lord. The Lord Jesus would never ask us to deny ourself if it was not a hindrance. It is a hindrance. And for us to deny ourselves means that we are refusing to own ourself in any way. We are not, we, in Peter's denial of the Lord, he was really disowning the Lord. And if we are to deny ourselves, we must disown ourselves. If you think about 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19 to 20, you don't need to turn to it, but it says, What? Know, you, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God? And then it says this, And ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. To deny ourselves is to accept the reality we are no longer our own. We are no longer living for ourselves. We are no longer living for our selfish interests. But we belong to the Lord and we are living for him day by day. We're not living to build up self, but we're living for the Lord. If I am to really follow the Lord, if you are to really follow the Lord, we must let the Lord have his own way. We must let him control our lives. He must dictate everything we do and say. Whenever I was over in London there, just over the summertime, 
I didn't really know where I was going. Whenever we were going about those trains and all, I didn't know where I was going. But there was one boy that did know where we were going. And whenever we were walking about, we simply followed him. If he turned left, we turned left. If he turned right, we turned right. If he went straight ahead, we went straight ahead. And I was just thinking about that. That's a wee bit like following the Lord. The Lord sets apart a pattern for us to follow. He went to the cross. He denied himself. And he died on that cross. And he sets a pattern for us. We're not called to go to the, the physical cross. But we are called to follow in his footsteps. If Christ turns left, so to speak, we turn left. We follow in his footsteps wherever they may go. And the first step in following Christ, as I said, is all about denying ourselves. It's about self-denial. And this self-denial must take place inside of us. And as it takes place inside of us, it will manifest in all we do, and it will manifest in what we think, say, as well as do. But so we've considered tonight Peter's denial. We've considered what it means for us to deny for us to deny ourselves. But I want us to now consider what is our motivation for denying ourselves? Well, Christ is our motivation. Christ denied himself. If you turn over to Philippians chapter two, please. Philippians chapter 2 and we'll see here in this passage that the Lord he denied himself he didn't have to deny uh, his sinful self but he became a servant Philippians chapter 2 verse 4 to 8 it says look not every man to his own things but every man also on the things of others let this mind be in you which also was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was, and was made in the likeness of men and being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. If you think about these verses here, Jesus Christ was equal with God the Father, but and he deserved all the praise, he deserved all the adoration that the Father deserved, but he made himself of no reputation. He in a sense denied himself, he deserved what he ha he denied what he deserved to have, and he became a servant so that you and I could be saved. And should we not at a bare minimum follow in those footsteps? Should we not deny our selfish interests, our carnal hopes, and may we seek to follow him? So, that's, so that is our motivation for following, for denying ourselves. Christ is our motivation. But the question then comes is, why do we need to deny, why do we need to deny ourselves? Well, the simple answer is because Christ commanded it. But why did Christ command it? Well, it's because of what he commands next. The Lord commands us to take up our cross. And for us to take up our cross, we realize that we're going on a one-way journey. We're going, we're taking a journey that we will never be coming back. If you think of that hymn I quoted at the start, I have decided to follow Jesus. 
No turning back, no turning back. If we are to take up our cross, if we're to go on this one-way journey, we must deny ourselves. We must be prepared to say, I'm not coming back to my old sinful habits. I'm seeking to follow after Christ. For us to grow in grace, we must shrink in self. If we are to grow up, we must shrink in self. The journey that we're called to go on is not an easy journey. It's a journey that requires much sacrifice. It's not a bed of roses. And God calls us to deny ourselves, to start off on this journey. So that's our first point tonight denying ourselves we move on to our second point tonight and that is bearing our spiritual cross if you look at verse 23 of luke chapter 9 back to that passage luke chapter 9 if any man will come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me remember here the lord jesus calls us to follow in his footsteps and he calls us to bear the cross and I want you to notice tonight that he calls us to bear not a physical cross but a spiritual cross what Christ did on the cross was a once for all work but what we are called to do is a daily thing we have to do it day by day we have to take up our cross and we must follow the Lord and Christ once for all work on the cross it sets us a pattern it sets us an example for us to follow in it and Luke chapter 14 and verse 27 says this and whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple so what does it mean for us to bear our cross well it very simply means to to be prepared to suffer for the cause of the gospel. It means, as De Panker put it a few weeks ago, it means putting the gospel first. No matter what sphere we may be in life, no matter what job we may, we may be in, we are called to put the gospel first. We are called to live our lives onto the furtherance of the gospel. So that's what it means to bear our spiritual cross but if you think about bearing a cross, we're not simply called to just walk around with a spiritual cross day by day. If you think about a cross, you take it somewhere and it's planted in the ground and someone is crucified on it. And God calls us to bear our cross, to take it to a certain point, And there we are called to crucify ourselves, to crucify the flesh. Whenever the Lord Jesus was speaking, the people in, in that day and age would have known if someone is taking a cross, is bearing a cross, that person is going to die on that cross. And God calls us to bear a spiritual cross so that we, there is the crucifi crucifixion of self. And we know that, God, that this is a spiritual cross because of the word daily no one can be crucified on a daily basis physically but there can be the crucifix there can be the crucifying of self day by day but the question comes i've maybe already answered it 
what actually is taking place on that spiritual cross. The Apostle Paul says, I die daily. But what does he mean when he says, I die daily? Well, simply he means that daily there ought to be a death to all carnal hopes and desires and self-interest. The first step in following Christ is to deny these things. The next step is to put to death all these things. If you think about Romans, it says, mortify the deeds of the flesh. It's not simply enough to no longer identify with self. It's not simply enough to disown self. There must be the death of self day by day. This is challenging. It's challenging for me. And I trust that we are getting a hold of what it means to follow the Lord Jesus. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 24 says, And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Those people, we that no longer belong to ourselves, but we belong to Christ, we are called to crucify the flesh. And it's not something that we do one day and we can't do the next. But the, another question that came to my mind when I was preparing this is, is the question... If, if we are saved by the grace of God, if, if Christ has paid for our sins in full, why do I, you and me, still struggle with sin? If Christ has paid for the debt of sin in full, why do I still struggle with sin? Well, yes, on the cross, sin was dealt with. It was paid in full by the blood of the Lamb. But in Romans chapter 6, it's it, it's it's it, verse six. It says, "Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed; that henceforth we should not serve sin." So, what what Romans chapter six is saying is that we, the old man is dead. We know that the man that was once in Adam is now dead, and we now are in Christ. We no longer are slaves to sin. We are children of God. But as we, as we live in this world, something that does, something, there's something that doesn't change whenever we get saved. And that is our flesh. Our body doesn't change. Our flesh still suffers corruption because of sin. And that's why we die. That's why Christians die just like unbelievers die as well. But that means that we no longer are slaves to sin, but we do commit acts of sin. And just to conclude this point, it really is the, it's the carnal hopes and desires and the self-interest of the flesh that we are called to crucify day by day. These carnal things need to be put to death day by day. C.H. Spurgeon prays this. Gracious Father, daily remind me that the crucifying of the flesh is a slow and painful process only brought about by your spirit's power. So what C.H. Spurgeon is saying here, 
What we're called to do must be aided by the Holy Spirit. Yes, we are saved. We're, the old man is dead and we now, are, we now have the new man that loves God and is inclined towards God. But we still remain in the flesh. And because the flesh still suffers corruption, we have to put to death the deeds of the flesh. So that is the second point tonight. We move into our third point. Verse, if you look at Luke chapter 9 verse 23. And he said unto them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. So the third point, following Christ. It's the individual who, dis who denies himself, who has disowned himself, who no longer identifies with himself, but now identifies with Jesus Christ. And that person is counting the cost. It's now that individual who has voluntarily taken up the cross and crucified the fleshly, the flesh, and all that that entails, it is that individual that can go on to follow the Lord. A lot of people want to follow the Lord today. They want to be said, I'm a follower of Christ. But they're not prepared to deny themselves. They're not prepared to say no to self. They're not prepared to take up the cross. They're not prepared to crucify the carnal hopes and desires of the flesh it is only the individual who has done that can be really counted as a true follower of christ and it's only that individual that can obey god's word that can obey romans 12 verse 1 which says i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto god which is your reasonable service. It's, we can present our bodies to the Lord as bodies that have crucified the selfish desires of the flesh. Only then can, we, can our sacrifice be holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. If we take up the cross daily, we are presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice we must follow the lord galatians 2 verse 20 says this i am crucified with christ nevertheless i live yet not i but christ lives in me and the life that i now live in the flesh i live by the faith of the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me as i said earlier a lot of people want to follow the lord they want to be called a follower of christ but they aren't prepared to, to obey Christ. They're not prepared to deny themselves. They're not prepared to take up their cross. I trust tonight in Market Hill that we will be a people who follow the Lord. The, the there's a secret to following the Lord. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. And it's only the person who fears the Lord that will count the cost and will follow Christ and will obey him no matter what it may cost them because of of what christ has done on the cross you and i tonight have a privilege we have an opportunity every day of our lives of our life to follow in the footsteps 
of the Lord Jesus? Are we prepared to follow him? Tonight, I'll just leave you with the words of a hymn. I came across it earlier uh, this year, just at a, uh, at a conference over in England. It, the, the hymn is called Footprints of Jesus. And it goes like this. Sweetly, Lord, we have heard thee calling. Come, follow me. And we see where thy footsteps falling lead us to thee. And then the chorus goes like this. Footprints of Jesus that make the pathway glow. We will follow in the steps of Jesus wherever they may go. In verse 2 it goes, Though they lead or the cold dark mountains, seeking his sheep or along Salome's fountains, helping the weak. Will we conclude tonight in Market Hill? We will follow in the footsteps of Jesus wherever they may go. I thank you for listening uh, tonight to the message. Thank you for your attention. And just before we get uh, down to prayer,